We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Broncos, a couple of transactions today. Mainly it was a who's who of putting people on injured reserve, sprinkled with at least one guy getting promoted to the active roster from the squad. And then the Broncos signed a linebacker. What do you know about this guy? What's his name? Tell everybody. Fill him in. He's Harvey Longy, and he's a BYU product who entered the NFL in 2017, spent his career 40 games, 10 starts, split between the Patriots, who he's had two stints with, and also a stint with the Jets uh, sandwiched in between that. And he's pretty much like an Alex Singleton, where he's an inside linebacker, and you can use him on defense, but the bulk of his NFL resume has been spent on special teams. As I wrote, he has more special team snaps than defensive snaps, since uh, he entered the league. So just another, I guess, a counter move to the Josie Jewell injury, considering Jewell's week to week, and they don't have too much depth beyond that. He's the second inside linebacker on the practice squad now, joining Kanai Mauga, the undrafted rookie. From and Utah, you know, no I, less. I mean, for someone off the street from a Bill Belichick defense, not much else to say, you know, I hope that you can, you can help the Broncos in some capacity. Yeah, the uh, these two, these Utes and former BYU Cougars are going to have to figure out a way to coexist on the roster because in Utah, that's a that's a bitter rivalry. But Zach, this is this is just kind of bringing up the rear, right? This transaction today, signing the 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 linebacker Longy. This is more about kind of shuffling, churning the bottom of the roster and hedging a little, as you said, with Josie Jewell. This isn't going to be any kind of a game changing roster move for the Broncos. No. None of the moves they made today were. They were all pretty procedural in in nature. Ronald Darby, Garrett Bowles going to season-ending IR, which sucks. Um, They cut Dominique Daphne, the tight end, from the practice squad when they signed Longy there. And they also elevated Kendall Hinton to the 53. And he'll be there full-time now because he used up his practice squad elevation. So I'm happy for the Hall of Famer, Kendall Hinton. Chris Chances jumping in early with a super chat. We do appreciate that, Chris. He says, what do you think about Patrick Sertan, 
second so far, Denver Broncos for life. I think he's been mostly very, very good. Mostly very, very good. It's been unfortunate that he's kind of been uh, – some of his better performances have been overshadowed <clears> – pardon me – from a storyline perspective, Zach, by the Broncos at large being steered into the shoals by Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. I, I've no complaints with PS2. He's one of, if not the brightest spot on this roster. And uh, according to PFF, he was the highest graded uh, cornerback in coverage in week five. He had a 91.1 rating. So I have a few words for you when it comes to PS2. First team all pro. He better be this year. He's that good. I remember when Champ Bailey was at the peak of his prowess and there was a poster uh, I saw many, many times, you know, you walk into a sports store or whatever, and it would, it was a picture of the world and it showed Champ Bailey on it somewhere. And it said two thirds of the earth's surface covered by water, the other third by Champ Bailey and Patrick Sertan, you know, he's kind of living up to that moniker where he just, <clears throat> he shuts down the opposing guy. Like, you're done. You go against him. You might still DK Metcalf it and get like four or five for 48 or like uh, Devontae Adams when lined up against Sertan, you know, coming away with 40 yards. He'll he'll give that to you, but you're not getting the big plays. You're not getting the big splash. You're getting sweated and harassed on the reg. Makes me think, you know what? I get it that the defensive coordinator is Euro Evro. You know, you want to keep your opponent guessing. You want to sprinkle different coverages, different looks thrown at him, but Maybe just start lining up Sertan in as much man-on-man as possible. I would like to see, regardless of the Sertan issue, Zach, I would like to see more press, especially in in clutch situations. This D.C. likes to run off in those situations. But if you think back to that final drive in overtime uh, against the Colts, man, they lined up tight on the Broncos every time. Now, the first couple of plays, Russ got down the field quick, like 61 yards in a couple of passes, but then when the field shrunk, and dude, he they couldn't win off the press, and there's, that's one of the reasons why that game ended the way it did. I'd like to see Evero mix that in a little bit more. And you mentioned DK Metcalf in that Seattle game. We saw PS2 in man press coverage, very aggressive, getting handsy with DK and throw, throwing him off his routes. Not an easy feat with someone like DK Metcalf, and yet he held him to four catches for, I believe, 37 yards in that game. He had four pass breakups on Devontae Adams against the Raiders. I mean, he shuts down whoever's in front of him. He is unbelievable and only getting better. How is everybody feeling in the chat tonight? We want to know. Are you kind of over what happened Thursday night? Have you worked it out of your system? Are you ready to start kind of figuring out what comes next or what? Naj, with a very generous super chat, it's fitting coming from a Mount Rushmore superstar. He says, hey, bros, still still hurt up. Optimism gone, but any chance Wilson will show improvement? I saw Tim Jenkins' analysis, and Hamler was running wide open all day. Wilson never looked for him. Well, hack it, man up, and get in Wilson's ear. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this on last night's show, Naj, quite a bit, and I'm happy to do it again tonight. I watch uh, Kurt Warner on YouTube. Not every week, but if it's an interesting segment to me, I'll watch him because he's you learn something when it's a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? I know Jenkins played at some point in his career, but obviously not Hall of Fame. Uh, one thing that that Warner kept landing on was that simply Russ is not seeing the field. So back to this point, Zach, of Hamler running wide open all day, and especially in that clutch play, fourth and one, 
He's got the window. He's there. Russ doesn't even look that way. He stares down Cortland Sutton. And look, Kurt Warner was as flummoxed by that as anybody else. But the bottom line is, Russ is not seeing the field the way he normally does. So you got to ask the question, why? What is going on that is preventing him, Zach, from being that between the, the same between the years quarterback that he's always been? I point to the coach. I don't know. I mean, we don't have anything solid to really hang our hats on, but I think it has something to do with the coaching. What else could it be? I find it hard to believe a nine-time Pro Bowler, as good as Russell Wilson is, would fall apart the moment he gets to Denver. I mean, it's either the injury, which I don't buy that much, or it's the coaching. And I happen to believe that Russell Wilson is just is pressing too hard. He's thinking too much. He's too locked in his own mind and, and overcorrecting, overcompensating. And I feel like that's from the neuroses of Nathaniel Hackett kind of wearing off onto Russell Wilson. And it's just not a good combination so far. There's no reason to miss KJ Hamler. There's no reason to force that ball in the court. And there's no reason for him to throw that bad, brutal end zone interception. Russ is not Russ right now. Russ is broken, and we really don't know why. All we can do is speculate that it's coaching. Is there a chance he's going to show improvement? Absolutely, there's a chance. In fact, I'm more inclined to to lean that direction. I don't think he's just going to go down with, with, with a whimper. I mean, he's going to battle back. And I think he'll find a way, make a way. And it might not result in the type of season fans were kind of sold as far as, hey, we're back on the winning track, contending for playoffs, contending for Super Bowls. Might not come out in the wash that way this season because George Payton made the wrong decision on the coach. But if you look back on this, Zach, the provenance or the order in which the big offseason dominoes fell, the first one was Nathaniel Hackett after Vic Fangio was canned. And that was when Aaron Rodgers, the sweepstakes, still blowing in the wind. Most people with a brain think that that hire of Nathaniel Hackett had a little something to do. It might not have been the whole enchilada. In fact, I don't think it was the only reason he was hired. But a fact, a recruiting factor, let's just say, uh, in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, then Russell Wilson. So you got to remember, this wasn't, hey, we got Russ, or let's find a coach that best suits him or whatever. This was... We got a coach, and then all of a sudden in our laps after Aaron Rodgers says, yeah, I'm going back to Green Bay, Russell falls, and George Payton's smart enough to go, okay, yeah. And I still think – I don't think George Payton was wrong to make the move that he did for Russ. I really don't, and I, this could end up being a freezing cold take, Zach, in the, in the future. I don't know, but I don't think he was wrong to, to land Russ. I think, unfortunately, he was wrong in the coaching hire. Yeah, meanwhile, we got Max Crosby out here sacking Patrick Mahomes in this uh, AFC West showdown tonight. I, listen, we were both on board with Nathaniel Hackett, and uh, we were very hyped by his arrival and uh, pro- projecting and predicting good things, but he was never known as a quarterback whisperer. It's part of that reason why we both liked and still do Brian Dayball, because he did have tangible success reinventing a quarterback like Josh Allen, who has... Hackett really worked with Blake Bortles in Jacksonville, and that was a flash in the pan there. And Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So that and he didn't is some, call the plays. That is something I think was underscored or or a subplot of his hires. The fact that he wasn't a guru, he got by on the Rodgers Lafleur connection and his father being a longtime assistant. But anyone who watched a Paul Hackett offense knows that the apple doesn't fall too far. So. Looking back on it, hindsight's 2020. I don't blame Peyton for hiring Hackett at the time. I don't blame Peyton for going out and getting him a quarterback like Russell Wilson, but there's obviously something wrong in this marriage. It's not working out. 
I do. If you had the chance to hire instead Kevin O'Connell and you chose Nathaniel Hackett, I do blame you for that. Like you miscalculated. Now it's not necessarily the end of the world in terms of like, all right, George Payton hit the bricks because I think if, if the Walton Penner group uh, were rash enough, let's, let's just say for this. And by the way, Cristiano, good to see you, my friend. Yes. Healing in process, almost there. Uh, I, I don't know if you're talking Broncos or if something's going on in your life, but either way, keep your chin up, Cristiano. We appreciate you. Uh, the Walton Penners, though, Zach, here's the thing they got to keep in mind when this finally goes into, uh, you know, they got to decide. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you fire George Payton, there's 31 other teams that are going to be lining up to offer him a job maybe not as GM because some of them will have GMs that are quite entrenched, but he is a coveted, he's been a coveted front office prospect for many years before the Broncos hired him as GM. He just had a very cushy situation in Minnesota working in tandem with who happened to be his best friend, Rick Spielman, GM of the Vikings. I mean, they were like brothers. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. No, nah, I'm good. No, nah, I'm good. And Spielman took care of him as far as pay and responsibilities and all this. But he's building up a resume, building up a reputation across the league. And then the right situation comes. Broncos hire him probably through the Brinks truck at him. Right. It's probably what got him to say, oh, I'll, I'll start considering life outside of Minnesota. And then what happens is first year he's saddled with Vic Fangio. Broncos don't do much. But that class that he drafted balls out of control. This class not really looking like it's going to measure up quite the same, but there's still a lot of rows left to hoe on this. But I don't think the Broncos, if this really does torpedo and the season is ends up being lost, I don't think they should really look to, to move on from George Payton. I think it's a coaching thing, find a better coach. And I still think Russell Wilson, who's not even 34 yet, he turns 34 in November, Zach. There's a lot of football, I, I think, still left in him. There are so many people who would be scapegoated before they would get to George Payton. I would preserve Payton over anyone else, Hackett, and Russell Wilson included for that matter, because I see more promise in the general manager duties with Payton on board than I do with Hackett as the coach or Russ as the quarterback right now. He's made a lot of good moves. We can nitpick the Philip Lindsay saga. We can nitpick the 
offensive line, not addressing inside linebacker, but you mentioned his draft class. Those are all foundational players that he picked up one after another, after another, and it's going to set the Broncos up for long-term success. You cannot say the same right now about Hackett or Russell Wilson. So I agree with you. Cody Dub says trade a third for Gordon and Christian, uh, no. trade a third and Gordon for no. Christian McCaffrey. No, you don't need Christian McCaffrey. He's injury prone. He's expensive. The Broncos aren't going to be buyers at the trade deadline. If anything, they'd be sellers. And I want nothing to do with any of the Carolina fire sale. The Broncos don't need a running back right now. They have Gordon. They have Boone. Uh, they have Latavius Murray, who I'm excited about seeing play on Monday night. They have Javante coming back next year. It would be a great Hollywood-type story bringing C-Mac back to Denver. It's just not going to happen, nor should it. The Duchess, thank you, my friend, for the super chat. She says, I've embraced the suck. Any chance that we can win this Monday? I agree in the sense that I've embraced the possibility that this is not going to pan out the way everybody hoped that it would and expected that it would this offseason. But I'm not throwing in the towel. So if, if by embracing the suck, my friend, you mean I've just like totally succumbed to the a reality in my mind that the Broncos, this is going to be the Broncos all year. I'm not quite there. There's not much to hang your hat on as far as hope. I get it. But the NFL is full of a lot of weird kind of Cinderella stories over the years. And there's no, that doesn't mean that this is going to be one. But I still err on the side of Russell Wilson, uh, Wilson's 10-year resume more so than I do the hapless head coach. And I know that that's like working upstream. You're, you're, you're going against the grain if you're a quarterback constantly. Zach having to overcome the foibles of an incompetent head coach. But it, I think Russell Wilson's still that guy. I'm not ready to give up on Russ. There's always a chance they can win, you know, any given Sunday, any given Monday, any given Thursday, whatever the Broncos can beat any opponent if they play um, a little up for them and the chargers, they should be favored right now. I think, are they like five point favorites at home as they should be, but look what happened yesterday. The Browns should have beaten the chargers. If they're, if the kicker can make a field goal, that was in the bag for Cleveland. If the Broncos were smart, they would establish the run and set up the pass with Russ that's what a good coach does. That's what Kevin Stefanski did in Cleveland or for Cleveland yesterday. My question is, can Russell, and this is really sad, can Russell Wilson be more effective than Jacoby Brissett against this Chargers defense? That's the question. And the fact that we have to ask that is so sad. Yeah, I mean, there was a really good piece by Lindsey Jones, formerly of the Denver Post, now writing and publishing in The Ringer, that was quite scathing, entitled The Broncos, Russell Wilson adventure is going nowhere. There's nothing positive to report on this front. Like there's nothing good to get excited about. And that's why when that fourth down pass, this is, I'm going to paraphrase something Lindsay wrote in that piece. It's a really good read, by the way, guys. Uh, when that fourth down pass ended in an incompletion, so did, so too did the Russell Wilson honeymoon in Broncos country. LD on, uh, on Twitch, appreciate you, buddy. Hey, Priest, my high salute question. Who do you trust more, Hackett as head coach or Russ? That's easy for me, dude. That's that's Russ. I don't – Hackett lost all of my trust when the clock issues and all that stuff Ooh. continued happening in the second game. Out the window. See ya. Now you got to earn it back. And so far he's done nothing to – I mean, he's assuaged the worst of my concerns, Zach, in terms of like, you know, the holes have been plugged. But it's like I said yesterday – if he's an incompetent enough coach to have those problems come out in the wash in real-life game situations, then that means, Zach, it's that incompetency, I'm sorry, 
It's like the tendrils, the, the tentacles of an octopus that stretches all through the entire organization as far as everything he influences. He's incompetent here. Trust me when I say it's affecting every other component he influences, including the offense, including his relationship with Russ. See what I'm talking about when I say any given Monday, any given Sunday, the Raiders just scored a 58-yard touchdown on a bomb to Devontae Adams. That's at Kansas City. They're up 7 nothing right now. So if you just play up to the level of competition in front of you, anything can happen on any, any given day. But does Hackett, Kenny Hackett, is Russell Wilson healthy or is that shoulder really bad and, and, and worse than they're letting on? Is he washed? These are questions that we don't know the answers to. And until we have more of a sample size, I hate to say the word data. I despise that word. But until we have more of it, these questions are so hard to answer. I want to see how they come out back against the wall, counted out their laughing stock once more. Monday night primetime against an AFC West rival. Which Broncos team will show up? Are they going to roll over or will they fight? It'll be a big barometer. A litmus test, if you will. Jonathan, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. It says, the last three coaches for the Broncos were rookies, first-year guys. If Hackett doesn't pan out, it's time to go back to vets. Dot, 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 Peyton. Um, Sean Payton. Guys, it's not to say it's impossible that Sean Payton. I, I've seen a lot of questions, a lot of mentions for us in on Twitter, comments on YouTube, adding Zach and I saying, when are you guys going to address the Sean Payton issue? Guys, the Saints own his rights. So fast forward to 2023, the head coaching carousel, when it rolls around, right? Early January. or Yeah, early January. And the Broncos go, we want Sean Payton. They pick up the phone. They call the North. And this is assuming Payton actually has an interest in being a head coach again, by the way. All right? So let's just assume for the conversation, sake of the conversation he does. Zach, pick up the phone. They call the Saints. They say, hey, word on the street, Sean Payton wants to coach again. You've got your guy already. We want him. Trade him to us. And they say, cool, give us a first-round pick. Peyton's like, George Peyton, that is. Fresh out. Gave him up to get Russell Wilson. Click. That's where it ends, Jonathan. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, um, the Saints own his rights, so the Broncos can't just offer him money and, and get him on board. And if even if they were to trade for him, like Chad said, they don't have the capital. That's that's the downside of going all in on one player or one entity that if it doesn't work out, you're pretty much, I don't want to say screwed, but you're hamstrung. Sean Payton is a pipe dream for Denver, though. I did see him on Colin Coward's show today, and he said to the Saints and Mickey Loomis, if you don't want Taysom Hill, I'll take that $10 million off your hands in a few years. So it seems like Sean Payton does have a future in the NFL, but unfortunately not much of a future as the Broncos head coach. Scott brings up a good point here. And thank you, LLC, in the house with some stars. Really appreciate that. Scott brings up a good point, too. Something to keep in mind in terms of the calculus here. You don't have to send picks, though, for Peyton. You can send cash, buy him out. $20 million from the Walton Penner <laughs> piggy bank fund gets it done, no question. And that, of course, has nothing to do with salary cap for what it's worth. Yeah, but here's the thing. The Broncos won't be the only bidders in the Sean Payton sweepstakes. They'll have another team that has first-round, second-round draft picks that will pony up. So if they want to take Rob Walton's money, fine, but I'm sure the Saints will want to hold out for some draft picks as well. It's a tough situation. Yes, but there's so many other factors outside that aren't perfectly in Denver's control on this that it's one of those things where you got to wait to see how a few other dominoes fall before you even really begin to get your heart set on it, all right? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Um, okay, let's see what uh, Naj jumps back in again. Thank you, bro. Broncos players should be fired up, he says. Wilson has been destroyed nationally. The manhood of the O-line has been challenged. Win or lose, I want to see the Broncos come out with a vengeance and the offense to show improvement. Same here. Even Derek Wolf tweeting uh, on Sunday while the game is in its final stages. He's like, I, I feel like we were catfished with all the preseason hype on this team. But it's not over yet. You know, um, I want to go back to that ringer piece by Lindsey Jones because it was a very, very illuminating read. In fact, it's fresh on my brain, Zach, because I read it right before we went live. But uh, she recounts kind of what happened with Russell Wilson as soon as that final gun sounded against the Colts. He does this thing on the field, then he moseys into the locker room and sits at his locker despondent, scrolling through his phone a little bit, speaking in hushed tones with Brett, ripping his, his back up. Once in a while, a guy would come by like DJ Jones or Melvin Gordon, pat him on the shoulder, give him a word of encouragement. And you could see he's like sending texts and scrolling through something on his phone. And then after almost an hour of that, he stands up and he walks to the podium and he gives his postgame presser. Right. And the presser begins, Zach. He's quite subdued. He's quite bummed. He's quite atypical Russell Wilson. But as he keeps talking. And as he, it keeps coming to the surface more and more, gets excited. Now, motivation starting to come out a little bit more and kind of the resolve and all that. And then by the time he leaves, he's not the same Russ that we've seen, that big kind of swaggering confidence and optimism Russ, but like he's not the same despondent curl-up-and-die creature that he was before he started talking about what comes next. So what's going to happen with Russ? Is, he, is this going to be one of those obstacles where he defies the naysayers and, and, the, and the haters? We'll see. I think he's still got it in him, and I hope it happens, but I'm not going to lie to anybody and tell you I've got a crystal ball. Yeah, and Naj, I love your positivity, and up until last week I was sharing it, echoing it, but I can't do it this week. If they couldn't get fired up for that Seahawks game in week one, a game they that they look like they had wanted nothing to do with, it's hard to see the Broncos getting fired up for any game. They've had multiple opportunities, including against Josh McDaniels, where they can rise up and uh, take down a hated foe, and they just haven't met the challenge. The thing with Russ, though, it was so weird and forced and just cringeworthy to see him say, let's ride at the end of that press conference. But that's the problem with someone whose image is so manicured. He takes all his marching orders from his PR team, his uh, publicist, whatever, his agent, he doesn't let the real Russell Wilson shine through. So that's why he really had no idea whether he should say that or not. He needs to read the room a little more. He needs to let his hair down figuratively and be himself. Otherwise, his teammates are going to tune him out. That gets old really, really fast. You got to start getting some results. All right, Russ, all of the leadership is good, but if it doesn't come out in the wash, it ends up 
uh, not resonating, right? It doesn't stick. And it becomes similar to like the Joe Flacco effect where, hey, everyone was saying what needed to be said in the offseason. Flacco was leading. But when the team's prospects quickly torpedoed and Flacco was as complicit in those losses as anybody, eventually his guys just were like tune him out. Now, he didn't have anywhere near, Zach, the cachet that Russ does. Let's be honest. Never met, went to a Pro Bowl. Super Bowl champion, they share that. All right, that's one thing they do share. Uh, but they're, they didn't really have anything else in common. Russell Wilson has a lot more uh, there there when it comes to his resume, his reputation, his profile as a public figure and whatnot. So what that means is the players in the locker room, they're going to be more inclined to uh, give him more rope, right? All right, hey, you know, everyone slumps, this and that. Yeah, because they see what's going on behind closed doors. They see the things, Zach, we don't see. So all these issues that come out on the wash on game day, like with Hackett's coaching and the, and the game management and the play calling and all that stuff, all the other, like, ripple effects of that same source of incompetence, they see that. They know. They understand there's, you know, something rotten in Denmark right now. But if Russ does not start giving them something to sink their teeth into, yes, he'll he'll be tuned up. Yeah, I'm going to take a, a wild guess here and say that what we see is also what the players see behind closed doors. I don't see Russell being a much different person or player, teammate, whatever. I think he is who he is. Did you see on the sideline the shot of Melvin Gordon giving Russ the death glare? I mean, that's not a good look for the captain of the team. Did you see how no one really rallied when he came out of the blue medical tent against Indianapolis? Not a lot of teams... Or Even though he there. was running up and down the sideline trying to rally. But it wasn't really catching on. And that's right. why when you're such a robot and you're so manicured and so, I don't want to say fake, but disingenuous, it wears Neutral. off. You have to win or you're going to get tuned out really fast. Kind of like Josh McDaniels as the head coach. He tried to be Bill Belichick when he came in, and that act can only be carried if you win, if the results are there. If not, well, you saw what happened. Lucas. Thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, I got tickets to see the Broncos versus Arizona. My first game in mile high. Should I be scared? I'm flying in from New York. What would you do to fix this team now? No, don't be scared. No, no, no. Believe the good juju. All right? You've got to believe that because you're going to be there, it's going to be their day, et cetera, et cetera. So, no, dude. Be besides, you want to be able to say, Lucas, what come what may, you want to be able to say you got to see one of the games with Russ as the quarterback I because he's here for the next few years guys like if this season torpedoes this isn't going to be an example of like the Joe Flacco thing the Case Keenum thing where they're one season in and done Broncos hitched their their saddle to Russ he's here so and I can promise you you give him a, a better coaching situation and I'm still open Zach to the possibility that that's Hackett that Hackett figures some things out that the trial and error learning curve that you know, he can he can get through that. But um, long story short. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Don't not come. Still come to your see that game, bro. 
Yeah, it's still football. It's still the Broncos. I mean, win or lose, it's still exciting to go to a game. And that's one on the schedule that they have a good chance of winning. And by that point, maybe they'll find their groove and Russell Wilson will play at a better level. It's so hard to predict week to week in the NFL. None of us thought they'd be two and three right now. And we're talking about replacing Hackett and sitting down Russell Wilson for Brett Rippon on October 10th. Let the season play out, but regardless, enjoy yourself there. For what it's worth, I'm not talking about that. But people in the chat, I've heard it a few times. Rippon's name. Ah, throw We've had to address in. it. Oh, yes, the, definitely. Lawrence says, guys, I watched the game again, and Russ is not hitting the hot routes that the hot route was meant for. Look at that first drive. It was a pass in the red zone meant for the running back so the wideout could block. But Russ went for Sutton, if I'm correct, and it went way over because the play was not meant for that. Well, yeah, I mean, just to the point of him not seeing the field, you're right on that, Lawrence. And it's a now well-documented, uh, in more ways than one, phenomenon that Russ is not seeing the field. And one of the ironies of his football lack of vision here is that he constantly petitioned these last few years from like 14, 15 on in Seattle till the time they traded him for more control, more involvement, more you know, hands-on with the direction the offense goes. And he finally gets that, or ostensibly anyway, Zach, he gets that. And it's like this. All of a sudden, you can't see the field. It's like he doesn't know the offense. All he knows, it seems like, Zach, when he drops back to passes, where the F is Corlin Sutton, yeah. right? That's all. It's like, dude, are you a quarterback? Do you go through your progressions? Do you know what your hot reads are? Because another thing I've been very disappointed in Russell Wilson while we're on the subject here, Zach, is his pre-snap calls when it comes to sliding protections and missing blitzing and just all that stuff is not lining up, dude. It's not lining up. And that's been as head-scratching as anything else. Yeah, and um, the scheme itself, the play calls, I don't think are conducive to Russell Wilson's best play. Like, you've talked about it a lot. Not enough boot-outs, not enough you know, play action, moving the pocket, getting Russell Wilson on the run. That's where he thrives the most. And they want to make him a pocket passer now at almost 34 years old. It doesn't suit who he is. But beyond that, I think Hackett has drilled into Russell Wilson's head two things. Don't get hurt and don't make mistakes. And when you press that, you start manifesting that. And for someone like Russ, who's already locked in his own head and maybe going through some mental struggles, it only made that pressure more intensified. It only made it harder on him between the ears. And that's why I think we're seeing the mental battle being lost by Russell, not just the physical battle. Cristiano says Hackett and Russ struggling. They get 10 days off. They should test a better run blocking O-line lineup. Russ under center. Uh, runs up the gut, play action, pardon me, and rollouts, thoughts. Yes and yes and yes on, on all of it. First things first, if you want to survive the loss of Garrett Bowles, you got to make a change. And, I, and here's the thing. It's going to be easy for them to talk themselves out of making another change, Zach, because, well, they're making a change. They have to make a change. Garrett Bowles is done for the year. So Calvin Anderson now is your left tackle. Do we really want to tempt fate and sit down our pivot, sit down our center? You should knowing you're sitting him down because you're putting a veteran with many more years experience at center by the name of Graham Glasgow. That's what they should do. Should you expect that to happen? No, I don't expect that to happen, Zach, for what it's worth. I really don't. Here's a crazy idea. And tell me if it's too out of control for this podcast. How about starting Billy Turner at right tackle? You know, he's active. They say he's healthy and he's getting there. But how about starting the guy that you signed to start 
And not having to keep rolling with Cameron Fleming along that right side, he's so brutal in pass pro, I don't think Billy Turner could be much worse. They don't seem to want to make those changes, though. They want to just keep the status quo and covering their eyes, covering their ears, pretending it's all good. It hasn't worked out well so far. It's gotten your quarterback injured, literally. So we'll have to see how they adapt going forward. I'm looking here. Uh, first of all, let me grab Silent One. Thank you, Silent One. Very generous of you, my friend. Usually the more time that passes, things don't seem so bad with the Broncos. Well, that's not the case now. It really seems like the Russ deal could cause the franchise to collapse. It could if he's if he's actually washed. But Silent One, I really don't think he is. I think this is like, you know, it's it's like the uh, the perfect storm or what's you know the 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 most uh, I'm like what's the opposite of perfect? Terrible? I don't know. Uh, most imperfect storm of factors swirling around that aligned star the stars and it's just a it's a it's a unfortunate twist of fate but i don't think it's one that is lasting i really don't now if he turns out to be washed and i'm wrong then yeah that's a that's a deal that definitely can torpedo the outlook of this franchise you can still survive it you know you're you're going to suck no matter what if he's washed zach you're going to suck no matter what this year you're going to suck no matter what next year cuz you won't have a first round pick but that next year You'll still be paying his guaranteed money, whether he's on the roster or not. But you can at least go draft a quarterback and just do it the old-fashioned way and figure out how to rebuild from the ground up with limited number of, of assets. But I don't think that's the, the outcome here. But, Zach, there is a reason why they call it mortgaging the future. Because if you're wrong, your future is going to be affected by that decision. Yeah, is it Russell Wilson's deal that could collapse the franchise, or is it the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett as head coach that can collapse the franchise? Chicken or the egg? You know, what what came first? What is the biggest detriment to the Broncos franchise right now? We need a few more weeks to see that, let, let that play out, and we'll, we'll have our answer, I feel like. So I'm checking here on Pro Football Reference. It usually tells you, uh, what am I, am I not looking at it right? Uh, what position an offensive lineman plays? So let me go back here. I'm looking at Billy Turner. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So 2019, Zach, he played all 16 games, started all 16 games for the Packers. That's when he left the Broncos, got the free agent deal with the Packers, started all 16 games at right guard. The next season, he he only started 14 games, uh, missed two games to injury, and he was a right tackle. And then last year, 13 games started at right tackle. So Billy Turner can play some right tackle. I wonder if he can play some left tackle. <laughs> He's there. There's such like recency bias in Turner's favor. He was never that amazing of a lineman to me, whether he was in Denver or Green Bay. He was always a hold the fort guy, a jag, middle of the road, average, whatever word you want to use. I mean, I think he's a better guard than tackle. Personally, I would not want to risk Russell Wilson's blind side to Billy Turner. I do think, though, Calvin Anderson, for what it's worth, when he came in the game for bowls, he held his own decently yeah. well. So I'm a little excited to see what he can do on a full-time basis as a starter. Cody Dub, thanks for Super Chat number two tonight, buddy. He says, we need we need the O-line. We need to O-line. We need to fix the O-line. Bad. I don't know how Russ can see anything when there's O-line in his lap. Cushionberry gets pushed back instead of holding his ground a lot. Yeah, Cushionberry is the, the weak link in the chain. 
And what do they say? What's the cliche? You're only as strong as your weakest link. He's pretty weak, guys. So if you're only as strong, let's follow this to its logical conclusion, as your weakest link, and your weakest link is the worst player at his position in the NFL, then you're the worst O-line in the NFL. And right now, guess what? The metrics are kind of pointing that to that being a reality. Ben says, change the line, sign a tackle. Russ needs better protection. He does, but that's not the end-all, be-all here. That's not the between-the-years problem that he's very evidently dealing with. Here's my thing, though, with the O-line. If you have one weak link, you can overcome it. You can't have a pro bowler at every spot, but is Cushenberry your weakest link, or is that Graham Glasgow at right guard? Is it is it Cameron Fleming at right tackle? Is it Dalton Reisner at left guard? Except for Garrett Bowles, they were all playing well below average, and even Bowles looked like he took – Maybe a, a baby step backward this year in terms of penalties and, and surrendering pressure. It's just a disaster right now. They have two fixtures, Bowles and Quinn Miners, going forward. Other than that, they need to revamp the other three spots ASAP. I hope George Payton actually invests some premium picks, whatever he has left, into the line. Gabriel Martinez, thank you, my friend, says, never liked Wilson's pressers. Always seemed scripted. As far as Hackett, I wish he'd choose to be the head coach, give up the play calling, and manage the team. Yeah, but here's the thing. Zach, that was such a point of emphasis when he was hired. Now, now, wait a minute, because finally the Broncos hire an offensive-minded guy, right? And everybody now, but wait a minute, coach, coach, coach. Are you going to be calling the plays? Like, please tell us you're going to be calling. Yeah, I'm going to be calling the plays. Okay, all right, cool. For whatever reason, that, like, was a big deal to people. Never really was to me, but I am kicking myself, Zach, for not – questioning more the decision to hire an offensive-minded coach who hasn't called plays for three years. But look at the flip side. It's not the end-all, be-all. Kevin O'Connell, what was his role in with the Charger – or, pardon me, the Rams uh, last year? He was a quarterback's coach, if I'm not mistaken. He wasn't calling plays. That's Sean McVay's gig. So it's not the end-all, be-all. It's not a, like, set-in-stone prerequisite. But in Hackett's case, you, you, you what you err on, what you bank on here – is the osmosis of coaching Aaron Rodgers and being part of that Matt LaFleur staff and what you learned and all that stuff, it doesn't seem to have served him in any way, shape, or form as a head coach, though, unfortunately. Yeah, I think uh, part of the reason everyone wanted him to be the OC is because everyone's always looking for the next McVeigh or Shanahan or Matt LaFleur, a guy who's a head coach and a, uh, a good play caller as well. Uh, maybe it's too much for Nathaniel Hackett on his plate right now, but – who else is going to take over? Justin Alton, the guy who said, oh, well, if we had a time machine, we can go back and fix the play calling from the Seattle game. I didn't like that answer at all. I think he was a wasted hire. Clint Kubiak, I mean, the guy who was in Minnesota that Kirk Cousins didn't look that great with. He looks a lot better with Kevin O'Connell now. The Broncos made their bed with both Hackett and Russell Wilson, and now, for the time being at least, they have to lie in it. Uh, Ty says, with Matt Rule being fired today, I've seen talks about how they're saying Hackett already as well. Well, you got to remember, wasn't Rule in his third year, the Panthers? He had 38 games. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, this is not, this isn't even apples and oranges. This is apples and, you know, 38 boulders. games to six, five games. I mean, yeah. I mean, but there is a surprising, you got to ask yourself, why are people calling for the head of a coach only five games into his tenure? Because it's been that. Bad. We're talking about degrees of incompetency. We're talking about the, the full depth of how bad it's been. 
it's not just Zach, all of those game management snafus early in the season, which were alarming and embarrassing and bad enough, but to preside over in public fashion, the torpedoing of a nine time pro bowler quarterback in his 11th year, this isn't a guy that's a nine time pro bowler. And now he's in year 16 and he hasn't been to a pro bowl for half a decade. You're presiding over that. The pressure's on Hackett. Like, this dude is feeling it right now. It's very rare in the NFL that a coach, that a team is pressured to fire a rookie head coach five games into the season. That creates a significant uh, weight pressure on that coach's shoulders. And I'm not sure Hackett has the uh, testicular fortitude to weather that. Lawrence says, uh, since Vic is still under contract, how would that work if we wanted him back? (laughs) We don't. No, I'm happy with the Zero Evero. I read that Vic Fangio is consulting the Philadelphia Eagles and that defense with Jonathan Gannon. So, you know, best wishes to Vic Fangio. I'm very happy with with the defensive coaching as it is right now. But to your point about how rare it is, especially with a $250 million quarterback under center, you know, five games in and we're already, or some of us are throwing in the towel on the whole experiment. The thing about rule, he'll have a job in 10 minutes. If he wants one in college, he's a much better college coach than an NFL coach. Maybe Hackett's the same, Chad, maybe that affable, let's hug it out. Goofy personality. The recruiting would better serve him in the college ranks. Unfortunately, their Broncos are stuck with him for at least this season. It's true. Sad, but true. Uh, All right, gang, any last burning questions, get them in the chat because we're going to keep it a little bit tight tonight, uh, tighter than we might normally, because we've covered really all the ground that uh, we really wanted to with tonight's show. Let me double check and see if we are uh, missing anybody throwing down stars. Ty, uh, I don't know if you see one, Scott, from Ty, Ben Wallman, Lawrence, and LLC on on Facebook, but – Ben says Hackett needs to give the play calling to Clint Kubiak. He will call more Russ-like plays, and it might fix his head. I think that's something that should be contemplated here. But what's funny, Zach, is a lot of the things from the outside looking in that seem like kind of no-brainer solutions, for whatever reason, because you and I have covered for the last six years, at times, head-scratching decisions both by the organization, by the coaching staff at times, and you're like, the writing's on the wall. Just look at the wall. There's your answer. Look at the wall. And they don't. And you go, what the heck? It's because NFL teams think that they know better. And in most cases, they do. Obviously, they know more about football than any of us combined. I mean, they're doing it. They're out there. But at the same time, sometimes because they're so close, they miss the forest for the trees. I would like to think that that's something being strongly considered, given some play-calling duties to Clint Kubiak, who – did call plays in Minnesota as offensive coordinator, but I'll be stunned, Zach, if we see that before the bye. Here's the thing. If you strip Hackett of the play calling duties and cut his cashews off to put it in a PG way, what happens when Clint Kubiak is if the offense looks better under his play calling? Then all you'd have left is an expensive, emasculated head coach with no role and no purpose. He was hired to be the OC. He was hired to be the play caller. He was hired to put the quarterback, whoever it is, in the best possible position. I don't know if the Broncos go down that route. It's like when if you pull Russ for this game, for example, and you play Brett Rippon, what happens if Rippon throws three touchdowns and you have a controversy on your hands? I don't think they can afford that with either their 
big franchise quarterback or the rookie head coach who everyone a couple months ago was very, very excited about? Well, you're also hired to be a leader and a manager and all those things. You know, he wasn't just hired only because to call plays on Sunday. I get what you're saying. I'm just throwing up here as a devil's advocate argument. There's a lot that Nathaniel Hackett can do on a game day that is that has utility and purpose. Like what? Well, I mean, ask John Harbaugh what he does on a game day. I he's wouldn't not compare plays. the two. No, all I'm saying is he's not calling plays. So what is he doing? Well, he's communicating. He's making sure everything's on point. You know, he's making the big decisions. He's plugged into every living snap that happens, and he's engaged fully. He's not – because think about it. When Hackett – when the offense comes off the field, what's Hackett doing? For those of you who aren't there, who haven't been to games or whatever, you live somewhere else, or even if you live in Denver and you haven't been to a game, I'll tell you what he does, all right? Goes over, goes over plays, talks to Kubiak, talks to Russ a little bit. Then he comes back, but he does divide his attention when he does that, right? He does split away from what's happening on the grass, which is now being governed solely by a defensive coordinator, a special teams coach, whatever phase is on the field. Cody says, uh, Coach E for head coach. Zach, that, now, that, now you're talking Zach's language right here. I, does Harbaugh have any involvement with the special teams with the Ravens? I know that's where he cut his that's teeth. That's a good question. But... He might. I could be totally wrong on that. He might. But there are plenty of coaches whose head coach isn't calling plays. All right? They're, they're out there. It's a thing. Maybe Hackett would be best served there. But I'm just saying maybe. All right? Zach. It ain't going to happen, right? It is not going to happen because that is half the reason they hired this dude. You're the play caller with such an emphasis as part of his kind of honeymoon phase. Uh, all of his pressers. Yeah, I'm calling plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, they're not changing that. My opinion is if you strip him from play calling, you might as well just fire him and get it over with. He'd have no purpose to me. My, my opinion on the sidelines for the Broncos, he can't manage a clock. He can't manage situational um, decision-making, that's a whole part of the job description. You can't manage the simple things, and you shouldn't be a head coach. It's the same reason why Vic Fangio was fired. Um, they do that. Might as well make Clint Kubiak the interim or Ajiro Evero the interim and go from there and, and look for a full-time next offseason. So we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, though. The Raiders are now up 14-0 on KC in KC. The Broncos might have been the get-right game for the, for the Josh McDaniels-led Las Vegas Raiders and how ironic – would that be Zach? Let's say goodnight for now. We'll see everybody later this week. Real, you know what I noticed about this game though, Chad? The Raiders hmm. are up for it. So say yeah. what you want about Josh McDaniels, but the, he gets his players up for the games since that Broncos game. That's one thing about Hackett I do not like. The same thing about VJ I didn't like, and the same thing about Vic I didn't like. The players are never up for the games. They don't have that will to win. They don't know how to win, and they haven't won very often. It might be that you know what. Josh McDaniels learned some things from his failed go first go round as a head coach. Maybe that was the MHH podcast for this evening. We have a little bit of a lull because the Broncos play Thursday. They don't play until next Monday. No practice today. No media availability today, but we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, regardless, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod, the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some hats like you see us wearing or a shirt like Chad's wearing, go to huddleuppod.com and get your merch on. And don't forget, facebook.com slash milehuddlepod. Like that page and follow that page. If you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Hey, could be a shirt, could be a hat each and every month. But if anything, as you see ticking below you, please – 
Sub, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow, Chad, and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. By the way, people noticed the hat I was wearing at the MHH meet and greet, and they're going, how come we don't see that on the merch store? It's because we were testing out the design. It's obvious you guys like it. It's there. You can go to the merch store right now and get that hat, as you can see on screen right now. Uh, I'll even put the link, make it easy for you. Those of you who have been asking me about the hat, I'll put it in the chat right now. There's a direct link to that. So a shout out to these great super chat superstars, Chris, Naj, Cristiano, Cody, the Duchess, Jonathan, Lucas, Silent One, and uh, Gabriel. Appreciate you. And then also on Facebook, Lena, Ben, Lawrence, Ty, much love and respect. We'll uh, see you, Zach and I, on Thursday. Have a great start to your week, guys. We'll see you on Thursday evening. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.